welcome to Foul Puck, a podcast about sports ball for the rest of us. Unlike some other sports ball podcasts, we talk about sports without assuming that all of our loyal listeners know everything there is to know about the virtual draft or endless TikTok videos. <laughs> I'm Rachel, your baseball guru currently in baseball withdrawal, and this is... I'm Nancy, I'm your basketball enthusiast, also currently in basketball withdrawal. Sports withdrawal generally, although I will say uh, the International Skating Union has been pretty up on uh, showing uh, previously recorded programs on like their YouTube channel and stuff. So I have been able to yeah. catch some of those, which has been fun. Uh, and the local uh, sports TV has been replaying a lot of like A's and Warriors classic games, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I haven't been watching them as much as I should have i guess i don't know i do want to see some like some of the like 70s a's games i think that would be (laughs) and i mean 70s baseball mustaches are their own phenomenon if you watch any of those i am going to need you to do a thorough analysis of hair width length and mustache ratio (laughs) okay well unfortunately our hockey enthusiast rebecca isn't joining us today but she should be back next time to tell you all about the quarantined hockey butts Mm -hmm. So we'll just do our best today. So, uh, Nancy, any uh, current sports news to uh, share with us? If there is any, I'm sure not aware of it. Um, I know that they're still talking about the basketball draft, but I don't think it's happened yet. Um, Uh, When would it happen in a normal year? Would you say? When would it happen in a normal year? Soon. Well, no, that's not true. Well, okay. uh, is it soon? soon uh, time is meaningless to me at this point. <laughs> this, this is true. I have completely lost all sense time is of a flat circle. when it is and when things happen. I feel like it would. It, it's coming up, and I mm-hmm. am not sure if they have come up with an actual plan on how to host it or if they're just going to do it all online or what. Um, I think the NFL did have their draft, but I also don't pay much attention to the NFL, so I don't want to speak with any authority on that. No, I think they did. And I think Rebecca was going to fill us in with some well-informed facts about it, the virtual draft. That sounds about Uh, right. But she'll have to do that next time. Yeah. That's good. We'll save that for her. And I can look up the basketball draft in the meantime. I know I I have been (laughs) listening to, uh, you know, some of my sports podcasts on the, uh, on my daily or every other daily uh you know state sanctioned quarantine walk um but (laughs) you know they're all kind of grasping at straws at this point but i do know that recently they were talking about the draft and like you know who they might want to draft to the warriors and i'm just like does it matter at this point do we do do we think we're (laughs) gonna play in the fall i don't think we're gonna play in the fall but okay guys so, yeah, and what does that mean to a drafted player? That's a really right. interesting thought. Like, you're drafted yeah. for a thing that might happen at right. some point. Yeah, well, and, I mean, worst case scenario, we don't play at all in 2020, 2021. Like, what does that do to the 2021 draft? Like, all these college kids who were, yeah. like, that, who use that season to show off their skills and stuff. Like, I mean, this is going to cause a real disruption to the whole basketball ecosystem the whole sports ecosystem really right because like all these all these people are out of training right now and they I mean you can keep up your own skills individually sure but especially for team sports like if you're not able to practice with your team like you're just not be you're you're losing skills there for sure so Mm -hmm. I don't know it's interesting I find all of this sort of 
individual pieces of things that are affected by this really interesting. Just pulling on the threads yeah. and seeing what touches what. Because it, it all touches it. Every, it all touches itself, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> At length yeah. and regularly. There's just no end of what touches what. <laughs> um, yeah. We're all a little quarantine loopy at this point, I think. <laughs> oh, I don't know. We might have made that joke on a regular day, too. <laughs> yeah well fair enough fair enough (laughs) your turn talk about baseball i've talked too long (laughs) okay well i can start off with our unwritten rule of baseball to uh you know try to enforce a little bit of normalcy here lay it on me um yes and this time it is not virus related at all Oh, thank heaven (laughs) okay well today we're going to talk about uh not stepping on the pitcher's mound oh but the pitcher has to step on So, it. yes. Well, okay. Nobody but the pitcher stepping on the pitcher's mound. Okay. Uh, so the shortest distance between any two points is a straight line, with two exceptions. Uh, beyond the event horizon of a black hole and the baseball infield. I'm so glad you said beyond the event horizon of a black hole, because I was absolutely going to pull that on you if you didn't mention it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the being same a nerd here. who anticipated that. <laughs> okay baseball yes let's say okay let's say you hit a pop fly so high that it gives you time to round first base or even second base before a member of the opposing team catches it and you're out okay then of course you're out you have to go back to your team's dugout and since you really don't want to be on the field a moment longer than you have to once you're out you may be tempted to cut across the 18 foot circle of dirt in the middle of the infield known as the pitcher's mound but definitely don't. It's been called the Twilight Zone, the office, and the center of the universe, and for the duration of play, it belongs to the pitcher. Wow. Simple position players dare not set foot in the Sanctum Sanctorum lest they feel the wrath of the pitcher. Uh, In 2010, Alex Rodriguez famously crossed the mound on his way back to the dugout after getting out, leading to a yelling match with a beardless and surprisingly unchill Dallas Braden. Whoa! Who was pitching for the A's at the time. Yeah, can you imagine him really pissed off? It's kind of hard, right? No. No. I no. Brayden's... No, he's never been known to be a hothead. But you can see he gets very worked up, even taking his anger out on some innocent Gatorade bottles. Oh, no! Yeah, so there's really not a functional argument to be made for this one. That is, there's no reason to be- believe any position player is really going to change the structure of the mound with one or two footprints. Or, you know, anything short of a shovel. Um, but it's a matter of respect. I imagine it's a bit similar to walking into a coworker's cubicle just to fart in their chair while they watch you do it. You know, there's no law that says you can't do that. But you're not going to make any friends, so maybe don't go out of your way. I have some questions and about the rules. previous office jobs, Rachel. <laughs> I'm just saying, maybe don't do that. And them's the rules. <laughs> yep. So I have a question, though. Yes. So every so often, and I don't know when or why, but but every so often, the pitcher will have a nice little confab with some staff. Mm-hmm. Do they never do that on the pitcher's mound? I thought I had seen them do that on the pitcher's mound. No, that's true. They do... 
they do come up. The the catcher definitely, mm-hmm. and sometimes the uh, position players will come in. Mm-hmm. Um, that's interesting. I hadn't been thinking about that. I guess it's more of an opposing team thing. Okay. But you're right. They do sometimes actually. Yeah, they end up on the mound. So maybe it's an opposing team thing, or maybe it's like by the pitcher's invitation. Like you can come up yes. and be, you know, on his little yeah castle. the the vampire thing where he has to invite you in. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, that's fascinating. I I had not realized. I would have just assumed anybody could set foot on it because I've seen the little confabs and... Mm -hmm. All right. But don't. Okay. Well, the next time I... Now you know. The next time I am out at second in a major league game, (laughs) I will not cut across the pitcher's mouth. Thank you for warning me in advance. (laughs) I do my best. Okay. So... Unless you had any pressing topics, we're going to take a look at, uh, I think, some some uh, broader uh, things now while we don't have a whole lot of current events to go over. Yeah. Um, so we is... wanted to start. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I, I just wanted to say that this is actually, in its own way, kind of a gift of time because we literally, mm-hmm. here listeners, have a whole spreadsheet of things to follow up on. <laughs> so never yes, things we said we'll go back to. <laughs> we are not going to run out of topics, in spite of the fact nope. that there may not be current games. So this is yes. uh, this is the first of us digging into the spreadsheet, and there's many, many more lines of items to touch on. Yes, and I mean we could always, you know, go back to a classic game if we can all get the same mm-hmm. broadcast of it. Yeah, that's a good point. We'll we'll have to ask Rebecca about that, see if she wants to do it. Yeah. But anyway, you were saying before I rudely interrupted yes. you. For today, we're going to start on uh, part one of question mark um, with the <laughs> idea of being a female sports fan mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, what that means, what it's like, um, and how it might differ from being a sports fan of any other gender. Um did you want to uh, to start us off there, Nancy? Sure, sure. So this was something that I wanted to talk about. Um, and I wanted to talk about it on a couple different sort of premises. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously we're, we say part one of question mark because we want to get Rebecca in on this conversation too. Um, yes, but definitely. I think we can, we can take a first stabity stab at it, just the two of us. <laughs> um, you and I both played sports as kids. Um, we did. We are, you know, both self-identifying as female and certainly presented as female at the time, um, as kids. Uh, and we both grew up, you grew up in Florida. I grew up in the very bottom of Illinois. So ostensibly in rather conservative areas. Um, Mm. though I think yours was a little more urban and therefore possibly more liberal than where I grew up. Yes. I would say that's, that's accurate. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I didn't play a lot of sports as a kid. Um, I did a lot of dance, um, which is generally coded mm-hmm. as female. Um, try being a teenage boy dancer in the South. I double dog dare you. Um, but yeah, my sister, uh, has done, uh, college projects on being a, a male yeah. ballet dancer. Yeah. It's a thing. It's an interesting cultural phenomenon. Yeah. It- it sure is. Um, so I did a lot of dance. So I was, uh, that, and, and that is, that is 
athletic and I'd even call it a sport, but it's not a team sport and it, and it is female coded. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't a big deal. Um, but I did when I was uh, in high school, I did one year of running cross country and then I did three years of church league basketball. Um, and <laughs> I just wanted to compare a little bit what, and, and this is a genuine comparison. I don't think we've ever actually talked about this. So I really am legitimately curious like what your experience being a girl in sports was um and like what ages you did it because I feel like you might have been a little younger than I was but I'm not sure Mm -hmm. so for me actual doing sports in high school for me that would have been 13 to 16 um but so that's my background tell me yours um well I started playing softball when I was about eight Mm -hmm. I think um and that was a neighborhoodly um, and played for probably about six years there. And then, um, in junior high, which for me started at seventh grade, um, I started playing for my school, mm-hmm. um, played seventh, eighth and ninth. And, um, at that point I kind of had to make the choice between, you know, after school drama or after school sports. Mm-hmm. And I went with theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I also played uh, volleyball seventh, eighth, and ninth grade, and I did mm-hmm. keep playing volleyball a little bit through a through high school in a church league, but it was it was pretty informal, and we didn't have what you might call practices, <laughs> um, similar to our uh, our recent softball games. Um, you know, we we all just kind of met up on the day of and mm-hmm. did our best to look like we knew what we were doing. <laughs> and I played a little bit of. Um, intramural in college Mm -hmm. um softball and then uh grad school take one I tried to play volleyball again and that did not go so hot no (laughs) and then uh a long gap until uh very recent uh neighborhood softball right right so I should mention as an adult I have played for my company's softball team for, I don't know, four or five years now. It hasn't happened every year, but I, every year that we've had it, I've played on it, and I <laughs> roped poor mm-hmm. Rachel into it as well. Um, <laughs> and it's a completely different experience. It's the only co-ed sport I've ever played. Um, the cross-country was kind of co-ed in that there was a boys' team and a girls' mm-hmm. team, and we did a lot of things together. Um, but it, it was... But you weren't competing against each other in the same events well we would run in the same events but it was still if I recall correctly now to be fair this was mumble mumble years ago um (laughs) they were like you got the results for everybody but then you also had like the number one through number three girls and then the number one through number three boys oh interesting so everybody was on the the track at the same time Mm -hmm. but okay and they might it might have varied by event, like it might have varied by course. I don't right. remember. Uh, cross country for me, I gotta I gotta tell this story on myself because my poor poor baby thirteen year old self did not know what the hell she was doing at all in <laughs> any sense of the word. Um, so when I did was, any of us though at thirteen, uh, I don't know. I, one of the things. So I remember all the way back to very, very early childhood. And most of my early childhood memories are all about just being confused. Like, I feel like most children <laughs> just spend a lot of time being confused about whatever the hell's going on. 
Because you don't have any frame of reference and nobody tells you anything. It's just like, what are we yeah. doing now? And, and I think the great lie is that that ends at some point. But yes. That's a different conversation. <laughs> <It's a> different... <laughs> so cross country, I literally did not know what it was. I didn't understand mm. the concept. But I got to high school and I was in the band um, and I was in the marching band and I got put on the marching band drum line. Uh, and there were several older girls on the marching band drum line who all ran cross country. One of them in particular, I fell completely in love with, but I did not have the words or concepts to understand that what I had was a terrible <laughs> crush. I just thought she was really, really cool. Um, and I let them talk me into joining cross country and I literally did not know what it was that I was joining <laughs> and I tried did they just assume that you knew yeah is so, that and I tried to get so you know me I need like detailed instructions right like I'm just <laughs> one of those person one of those people who needs shit spelled out for me like you know you give me a bullet pointed list I'm good but I I don't do well with, like, vague general assumptions, right? So yeah. I tried to explain to them that I didn't know what this was. And they were like, well, you know, you go and you run on a trail. And I'm like, okay, but, like, where is the trail? Like, how do I know if I'm on the trail? Like, how do I... Well, you know, you'll see other people. Well, okay, but, like, do I follow these other people? Like, how do I... It, it, oh. There was a lot going on. <laughs> so I joined cross country. <laughs> Because she was real pretty <laughs> and went to these meets and always, always came in dead last um, because I was not a particularly gifted runner, have never been a particularly gifted runner, even before I fucked my leg all to hell. Um, <laughs> but I got like the thing that I remember most about it in a surprising way is that um, by the end of the cross country not a semester, but it was like a four month thing. It's a fall sport. Right. right. Um, I remember noticing that like my body had significantly changed because I had been doing running two to three miles after practice every day, but mm -hmm. <laughs> like after school every day, but like I was so slow, I would get lost. And I remember finding out, you know, we'd go after school and do these practices where you just go run around town, right? And mm -hmm. it's just like you run like two and a half miles or three miles around town. But I'd get so far behind that I didn't figure out for literal months that I was running an extra mile and a half because I didn't know where the course was. And I couldn't oh. see them because they all left. <laughs> oh, no, they all got so far ahead. They all got so tell. far ahead that oh. I didn't know where they would go. And so then I, so I was running like five miles. <laughs> well, I mean, silver lining. You're uh, yeah. getting some extra practice yeah. there. So I did a and then you run the country. <laughs> because so I'm... you didn't do any of the shorter like track and field type events. I did just longer runs. No, they had enough people for that. The part of the reason that they talked me into doing it in the first place was they didn't have enough girls running cross country. And so they were just sort of like, you could do it. And I was like, I could do what now? And they would go, come on. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. It's just like marching band, except faster and with no instruments. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, pretty much. <laughs> for a long time. So, yeah. So I didn't, I didn't do spring track. Like, I, I think I could mm. have, but I, I was... I was done at that point. Yeah. And Fair. then the beautiful snare drum player graduated. So I had no particular incentive to, to gotcha. continue with cross country. 
Um, but so that 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 was my one experience with school sports was deep confusion and lack of ability. <laughs> <laughs> I think those are the, the uh, twin pillars of all high school sports right, right there. Right, right. Um, church league sports was kind of a different thing. Um, and it sounded mm-hmm. like you played some church league, but you also played school sports. So tell me a little bit about your experience yes. with like school sports. What was that like for you? Um, where to start? Um, I mean, I, obviously I came into it having played softball and knowing that I wanted to continue to play softball. Right. And I'm, um, trying to remember where the, the desire to play volleyball came from. Hmm. Um, I mean, softball was a spring sport, so I had a fall slot open mm-hmm. um uh cross country or track and field has never held any appeal for me it's like you just you want me to run yeah and then keep running yeah do i do anything else no yeah uh, no well so valid i i could do that i suppose but i don't want to uh-huh. <laughs> um no correct choice yeah so um i don't know if i just you know i thought volleyball looked cool or I'd be fun to play a sport indoors in Florida. Um, Cause I got to say that was nice. Um, but yeah, so I just kind of picked volleyball. Um, not, I think knowing much about it or knowing anybody who played um, just seemed like a fun thing to do. And I, I always, I always did have fun at volleyball. Mm-hmm. I was never especially good at it. Um, but, uh, so the middle school team was, um, those teams were pretty, um, non-competitive exactly, but there wasn't, and also I should say I went to a smaller private school, so there wasn't like a huge, especially in middle school to get on the, the school team. It mm-hmm. was not super duper competitive. I don't know that everybody who wanted to made it, maybe they did, mm-hmm. you know, um, but it was not, you know, you showed you weren't afraid to run toward the ball and you got yourself a spot on the team. It seems like a good criteria. Um, Yeah. And probably they gave you like two out of three chances. Um, (laughs) So um, I came into volleyball just not knowing what I was doing and um, just kind of had fun with it. Um, Had a coach who was really irritating, um, but that, that was that. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I was thinking um, in my younger days playing with the neighborhood league, pretty much all of the coaches were men. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, there was, it was just interesting because, I mean, I'm sure there were women in the neighborhood who had, had played softball and were mm-hmm. interested in it. And yet, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think I started playing in the first place because it was my dad's friend who um, was putting together a team called the Pink Cadillacs, I should say. Nice. We had the best shirts. Yep. Um, and so I, you know, I'd always been coached by men and then in high school, uh, I was only coached by women, which was pretty cool. That is cool. Um, both in, um, volleyball and in softball. Um, and our volleyball coach, the, I don't know if I ever had her as a direct coach because I think she coached the, uh, the high school team. Um, maybe I did for one year. Um, turn this into a podcast of things that Rachel might remember anyway, um, who had been herself, I should say a pretty high powered college player. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I knew that. And then softball who coached me for softball in 
high school. Is this podcast just things Rachel doesn't remember? Yeah, that's what we're, that's our new segment. Um, holy shit. I don't like not remembering things. <laughs> I'm sorry. It'll come uh, back to you at two in the morning, you know. It will, I'm sure. I was, I was going to make a point about coaching there and now it's gone. Well, I'll tell you though, um, you reminded me of, of one of the things that I had kind of suppressed speaking of men being your coaches and that was that. The cross-country coach was a guy, of course, um, Mm -hmm. who I have very little memory of because I think he basically never spoke. Um, But the track and field coach was the English teacher, and Mm. I did not like him. Uh, And one of the reasons I did not like him was that he referred to all of the girls on the track team as his baby girls. And so, yes. Come on, baby girls, let's go. And it was... Yeah, even at, at, you know, 13, 14, I was not comfortable with this like, yeah. middle-aged fat man calling his baby girl. Like, that was not yes not acceptable. So, yeah. Um, was it the same coach who did volleyball and softball? I remember her in a hat. I don't know <laughs> if that means anything. You don't wear hats in volleyball. Um, I'm sorry, Coach Cox. Um but yeah, so I did play one year each. So that was junior varsity was seventh and eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, varsity started in high school. Um, though actually in eighth grade, I did play some games on the varsity softball team. Oh, nice. Um, because I was reasonably good at softball, you know, for a, a small private school. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was two years on that varsity team, one year on the, the varsity volleyball team. Um and that it was, you know, a little more competitive, but uh, it wasn't it wasn't cutthroat like I'm sure it is in some mm-hmm. public schools with really mm-hmm. um, really good sports programs. And you know what? It may have been for the the boys' sports at our school. Mm-hmm. I honestly don't know. Um, I mean, I'm sure there was a, a difference there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that was that was even though I say it wasn't competitive. I mean, that's when we had practices and we mm-hmm. you know I'm sure you had similar experience even just doing one year yeah. in, in cross country of like okay we are learning techniques we are learning plays we are um you know we have a goal here and that goal is to get better as a team well I mean for cross country uh, it's mostly just like you know try not to trip on the tree roots and you know don't uh, stop that's running. true I guess you don't even have like relays at that no in that event no mm-hmm no, just just keep keep running until they tell you to stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's different yeah. in other schools, but that's my recollection. Or maybe it was d- different, you know, for people who were any good at it. <laughs> maybe they got right. actual coaching and tips. I don't know, but no. And sports yeah. at my school, um, our our marching band was killer. Most of the rest of our sports were not great. I think our our girls volleyball team. Uh, was pretty good at least some of the time but and we had a pretty decent uh, boys and girls soccer teams I think but pretty much everything was trash our football team was trash our basketball team was like eh. <laughs> you know it was not we were yeah. not a particularly talented sports school we weren't like bottom of the barrel but we weren't good but there was I mean there was always just like and and this is a thing that everybody takes for granted of course I think in in um junior high and high school is the difference between boys and girls sports right like the boys sports Mm. happen in the big fancy gym 
and they get the band to come and play and they have the yeah. mascot and they get the cheerleaders and the girls sports parents come <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah so yeah i remember uh so our mascot was the wildcats we were the wildcats and we had um you know a, a literal wildcat costume that you know somebody would put on and dance around in oh i thought you were about to say a literal wildcat no that would have been Eight much several cooler. people per game um <laughs> no we did but but then all of the uh girls teams were the lady wildcats of course because you have to differentiate Ew, yeah and the 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 girls mascot had a pink bow on and eyelashes because again this is how you differentiate <laughs> you know, between a boy wildcat and a girl wildcat is a pink bow and eyelashes. So I don't know. I mean, it's a thing. Like my high school also had, um, we had a, 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 it was a small old school built in like, I don't know, the 60s, probably maybe the 70s. Um, And we had one big new gym on the, it was like stuck on the end of the building built in like the 80s or 90s. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. And it was the boys' gym, because that was where all the boys' games were played. And then you had the the two small, old, tiled, probably a full of asbestos uh, gyms <laughs> that the boys' gym had replaced, which were, of course, of course, called the girls' gyms. So, like... Wow, interesting. Yeah, I mean, it was just, like, baked in, right? Like, just yeah. nobody nobody questioned it. It was just not even a thing that came up you were just like well yeah of course the girls gyms are the shitty ones like obviously yeah (laughs) so i don't know (laughs) your your school was a private school but it was co-ed right so did you run Mm -hmm. into that sort of thing too or was that less pronounced um less pronounced i mean we definitely all use the same gym um but it wasn't used for basketball until the spring so it was kind of all volleyball in the fall Mm -hmm. um you know, and it, ours wasn't such a high-powered program that you had the the basketball players practicing during mm-hmm. the fall. Um, and our they've since my high my school, which is K through twelve, still is, um, has since added more sports. So I don't know if that has become a mm-hmm. a thing. They've also built more sports facilities. So I don't know today whether you know there's some competition over that. But um, uh, we had to go. We didn't have a. a baseball or softball field on campus. We went to uh, mm-hmm. um, one that was actually in my neighborhood um, for the, the game, for practices and games. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but we didn't have that same kind of division of facilities. Mm-hmm. I should clarify that um, some of the girls sports did play in the boys gym. Like I'm pretty sure the girls volleyball games were held in the boys gym, but anytime there was like back to back, um, you know, like competing schedules, then the girls use the girls' A conflict, gym. yeah. And the girls' gyms yeah. were still used for PE and stuff too. But like on your class mm-hmm. schedule, it would say, you know, girls' gym. Like that was their official name. Interesting. Names. So, really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I don't know. Church league sports. Um, so my church um, was a pretty big church um, at about 500 people. Which is not like huge, huge, but you know, given that my high school compared to your church now, compared to my church now, <laughs> yes, um, given that my high school had about eight hundred people, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and we had a very active youth group, um, and our youth group leader, who though I 
imagine he and I disagree on just about everything social and political at this point. He was a very decent human being, which I will give him good. endless credit for. And he was very good with teenagers, too, to his credit. Um, mm. And he was also a basketball fanatic. Um, he, <laughs> he had he had grown up rooting for the Kentucky Wildcats um, and was obsessed with, with the Kentucky Wildcats, <laughs> who are a very well-known uh, college basketball team. And so he was um, always really uh, interested in having the boys in the youth group play basketball. And we had a boys basketball team and they were reasonably good. And to his credit, he set up a girls basketball team too. Um, I had a friend, Shauna, she and I grew up together and Shauna was actually a really talented basketball player um, as opposed mm. to the rest of us who were very much not. Um, and I wonder, in retrospect, if our youth leader had somewhat set up the girls' basketball team to give Shauna an outlet to practice a little more. But I don't really, <laughs> I don't know. Yes. Yeah. You know, looking back as an adult, I'm like, oh, that that might have been a thing. But I don't know. Maybe he just wanted to give yeah. us all a chance to play. Um, and he, uh, yeah, I mean, that might have been like the initial reason. Yeah. And then, oh, yeah, it's a good idea for. Yeah. Yeah. So it was. You know, he, he held practices for us. Um, he taught us, I mean, he was part of my initial learning about actual, like, basketball strategies, you know, yeah. various defenses. Um, <clears throat> and we would play other church league teams in the area, like, every other Saturday or something like that for a few months every year. Um, but one of the things that I remember being, there are two things that stand out to me as an adult as, like, concerns that maybe should not have been concerns <laughs> and number one was modesty right so yeah we all oh yeah yeah in the youth group <laughs> we all had these like very like covering jerseys um you know high armholes high neck holes but sleeveless uh, with yeah. our name and number on the back and I remember getting in trouble for wearing one over a sports bra to play a game. I did not have a t-shirt on underneath. And I, oh, really? Yeah. Even the t-shirt? Yep, mm. yep. And so from then on, like, and and I was just doing it because I was getting too hot. And, like, for cross country, we were allowed to run in sports bras. It wasn't yeah. a big deal. Like, that was fairly standard. And so it hadn't occurred to me that this was a problem. But apparently for the church league, you had to wear your t-shirt under your jersey. You couldn't, yeah. couldn't show your shoulders, heaven forbid. <laughs> um, so that was weird to me. But the other thing that I remember um, is that we'd have youth group every Sunday evening. We always had, we had church in the morning, church in the evening, church on Wednesdays. Lots of church. <laughs> um, and you, the youth group started at 5, but lots of people would show up like 4.15, 4.30 and just hang out. Mm-hmm. And the boys would always start playing basketball, and any time that we, the girls on the girls' basketball team, started to try and play, we would get told we couldn't. And the reason given oh. was concern for our safety, that the boys were playing so hard, and it wasn't said, but it was implied, they're enough better than you, that you're going to get hurt, and we don't want that to happen. Right? Yes, that famous... Famous contact sport of basketball. Right. Right. <laughs> and, and also, no thought of, like, well, maybe tell the boys not to fucking, like, throw the basketball at yes. the backboard. Just, yeah. oh, girls, we don't want you to get injured. Right? Yeah. So, uh, 
you know, again. So it wasn't even just a boys won't let you play. It's a no. It, it was from on high, higher up. And I don't saying, know for yeah. sure if it was our youth leader or if it was like the church leadership generally. Like I'm not sure <clears throat> what right, the origin right, right. of it was, but it was definitely a we want to keep you safe, and if you play with the boys, you will obviously not be safe. And we're not going to deal with that by telling the boys not to fucking injure anybody because boys will be boys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we're not going to, like, worry about whether you all might actually injure the boys, which would have been a valid concern, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but no girls will let you play when we have you come for your girls-only practice, but you do not get to play before youth group while the boys are playing yes no recreational playing no recreational playing only sanctioned organized play yeah so that's those things i remember coloring my my experience of sports because it's you know i didn't like i found it irritating at the time but i didn't and like i knew it was an unfair double standard but i didn't really have the the abstract reasoning and you know training in critique to be like and here are all the reasons that this is a big problem (laughs) right right um but it definitely gives you that sense of like oh well okay i guess i'm just not good enough right like yeah if i were good enough to hold my own with the boys obviously they'd just let me play with them right like that's Mm -hmm. so i don't know I, I mean, I was legitimately not good at basketball. I'm not a particularly gifted athlete, even though I do enjoy physical things. So, you know, I was never able to make the argument of like, fuck, no, I am good enough. I, I definitely was not. <laughs> so, I, But also, if you're not allowed to play, how are you going to get good enough? Well, right. I mean, there is also that. There is also that. So, I don't know. what. Tell me about your experiences with the church again with the high school stuff did you yeah. run into anything like that my well first of all the church league was very different from yours um mm. it was co-ed um it was volleyball um we didn't have practices mm-hmm. um the uh, it wasn't uh you know because our our youth leader who was into sports we i actually had uh, seven different uh, youth pastors mm. in my time wow. in the youth group, like seventh through twelfth grade. Yeah, that's its own story. No kidding. Um, yeah, only one of them was a big sports nut, and he he just cared about football. <laughs> um, so uh, I don't I don't even know where the uh, the desire to to form a team and play came from. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was very informal. Anyone who wanted to play could. Um, and, you know, boys and girls could be on the, the court at the same time. Um, the funny thing was, um, we had several volleyball players who were very, very good. And, mm. you know, on their high school teams. Mm-hmm. And um, I was, I knew the rules. So I was, you know, <laughs> elite league in this in this uh, team. But, I mean, the, the funny part was, was when we would play, it was kind of like, Guys, you stay out of the way. You go get the ball when you need to, but you let the girls who know oh, what they're doing funny. take charge here. <laughs> nice. So, you know, we had some guys who, by virtue of being just kind of generally athletic, could be in the right place at the right time and usually not hit the ball in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like, they were not the ones who were the superstars here. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, I mean, that was just always, I, I, don't even remember if we were good as a team in relation to other teams. I just remember, you know, goofing off and um, having fun playing the games and stuff like that. Um, you know, and high school was 
was pretty different. I mean, it was in the, just in the sense of like competitiveness and, you know, wanting to do well and Mm -hmm. feeling very poorly when I didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, that's just kind of me in general. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know. I mean, and you know, because I played volleyball and softball, uh, volleyball, there was no male analog to it at my high school. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a baseball team, but they weren't a very big deal. So it wasn't like we were kind of competing for resources. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes we, we, we shared the same batting cages. So, you know, it was whose machine was in the batting cage. Um, but it's interesting. I didn't have too many direct conflicts. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, my when I think about high school sports, I think most of about like them pumping money into our football team. And, you know, it, meanwhile, in drama club, we had one can of red spray paint, uh-huh. you know. Um, so that was was more my concern. But I mean, you know, looking back at it, it was just even though our football team was I think I think it was OK. Mm-hmm. Um not great. I mean, we were in a, a very low, because our, the school was smaller, we were in a yep. low level league. Um, I don't remember how that was, you know, if it was double F or something. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, so, but I, you know, it, it, when my school tried to be a sports school, it was through football. And mm-hmm. this is how we do it. This is how we, you know, make our, our name. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the football players were the ones who, you know, every like lower school, because it was a K through 12, uh, school, you know, the lower school classes would adopt a football player mm-hmm. and, um, you know, make signs for them, make cards for them, um, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Did your, I'm curious, did your marching band just do football games or was it other well, games too? <laughs> so my school was, was pretty small. Um, it was, I mean, it was big for the area. Uh, we were about, I, uh, yeah, about 800 people, give or take, for four grades, because mm-hmm. we were in ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th. Um, and our marching band was a, was by far the most successful, quote-unquote, sport at the school. Um, it had <laughs> probably 150 kids in it, so it was a significant chunk of the school, oh, yeah. too. Um, and interestingly, like, very diverse so you had the stoners you had the preps you had the jocks you had the nerds like everybody was in band um mm-hmm. and it it was the same band for everything so the marching band was the concert band was the pep band okay was yeah we didn't that was it that was all there was um so yeah so we would we were the marching band in the fall um and we would go to marching band competitions and then we would also do parades and we would also play at football games home home football games but then mm-hmm. in the winter slash spring, we were the pet band for the basketball games. Um, so we would go play there as well. Um, less exciting because uh, you just sit in the bleachers and play some pop song from the 70s every 10 minutes. Uh, but um, <laughs> also a lot easy. Well, I don't know. Still equally easy to get trashed. <laughs> um, my high school experience was different than yours. <laughs> yes. But it was, yeah, so so it was, I was just thinking as you were talking about um, this, that another thing that I find interesting in retrospect was our marching band, which was very good and very diverse and very gender diverse and, and equal too. like our, uh, you know, you, you'd have disparities among like most of the trumpet players were boys. Most of the flute players were girls. Like you get a certain amount of uh. that. Um 
but but it wasn't it was pretty equitable in terms of execution yeah like you had people who were good at it you had people who were bad at it across both genders you had people who really wanted to be like top of the top and be the drum majors who were of both genders like it was it was pretty equitable um mm. what was not equitable uh was the color guard and yeah. the color guard you know the girls who wave flags in skimpy costumes and mm. then also the pompon squad who are the dancers with the thigh-high boots and the pompons, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there was no male equivalent to either of those. Um, we also had cheerleaders, but we never had... Mm, we had, like, a male cheerleader, I think, once when I was in high school. Like, that was not a thing at our yeah. school. Boys did not cheer. Um, so you had the marching band who regularly interacted with these three other groups solely of attractive, skimply clad women, right? Mm-hmm. Which set up some interesting dynamics. Um, there were marching band players who were cheerleaders, but I but you couldn't be in color guard and marching band because we all went to competitions together. You had to pick one. And yeah. I don't think there were any marching band players who were in the pom-pom squad. Again, because you'd perform at football games together. Same places, same, yeah. It, yeah, so... And in hindsight, as an adult, with an adult reasoning and understanding of sexism and gender, uh, everybody in the marching band treated the girls in those groups really poorly. Um, yeah. And I think for the marching band girls, it was because of, it was a sort of sense of, you know, there but for the grace of God go I, right? Mm. Like, it was... The color guard was not good, which did not help their case. The marching band was very good. <laughs> yeah, the, the idea of, like, if you were not... talented, you would be in the band. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, you know, the the non-gendered neck-to-ankles wool uniform uh, versus <laughs> the spandex nothings that the color guard wore. Yeah. Like, it was definitely... And a lot of guys in the band treated the color guard as, like, their personal dating pool, Um so there was, I don't know, there's, I mean, I guess this is getting away a little bit from sports specifically, but it's all very sports adjacent. And it's sport, yeah, I, definitely. And I think, I wonder if we hadn't had, if we hadn't had, first of all, if we had allowed or encouraged boys to join the Color Guard and the Pom Pom Squad and cheerleaders, if that would have made a difference in how we treated them. Mm. And uh, and or if there were some sort of male equivalent to those, if that right. would have made a difference too, because they were very specifically things that girls did, specifically attractive uh. girls did. Um, uh. I do think that by my senior year, there was one plus size cheerleader on the freshman squad, but that was mm-hmm. unusual. Yeah. So I I don't know. It was a. a th- it's a thing that I have wondered about and have felt guilty about as an adult that like, I mean, I wasn't yeah. any worse than anybody else was, but I wasn't standing up for the color guard either in a way yeah. that as an adult, yeah. I would have liked to be able to say I did. Mm-hmm. So. Uh. Yeah, that's interesting. And the, it, kind of interesting in that, like, I mean, the marching band is kind of its own interest, uh, own entity, excuse me. But um, like all the, the, uh, color guard, I guess, kind of goes with the band more so than the, um, yeah, the football team. But like, yeah, these things that kind of wouldn't exist and you wouldn't necessarily interact if it weren't for this mm-hmm. entirely separate sport. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. Well, and marching band, I mean, and drumline in particular, are very competitive. Like, mm. there's a whole genre of, you know, competitive marching bands and competitive drumlines. But, but yeah, I mean, traditionally, they arose as a complement to the football team, right? So, like, yeah, yeah that's they're kind of intertwined at this point. Mm-hmm. So, tell me about your experiences as a sports ball fan as an adult, because you and I, we both got into it relatively recently, um, but you've been in it a little longer than I have. I think you've been to more games as an adult than I have. What has that been like? Have you ever like run into any weirdness? Have you ever like felt out of place? What's your experience there? Um, well, I think most of my, you know, out of place or fish out of water sense is kind of my own fault in that I scorned the liking of sports for Mm -hmm. many years. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'll cop to that. I mean, I've already talked a little bit about a kind of feeling competitiveness in high school, of you know, drama and football competing for limited resources. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, not like we were actively competing. Nobody was thinking, let's give money to the drama club. Um, <laughs> I mean, they did later on. Um, and now they have a nice new theater. Um, but anyway, so like... That was kind of the dichotomy that I felt. And I felt for a long time that I was very strongly on one side of it and the people on the other side were wrong. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, less so as I went into adulthood, but it just felt like, and I mean, this is part of the reason that I can't quite get into football now is that like sports was football, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, you know, and, and I mean, part of that is kind of also that I felt like, you know, my sports were fine and, you know, they did their own thing, but they didn't count in the sense of like, you know, bringing pride to the school or, right. you know, uh, deserving of attention from the rest of the school. Um, you know, and I, I don't think I would have thought of it that way um, back then, but I don't know. It's just, um, so that was kind of my mindset not just of high school, but kind of of the world. Like you have people that like sports Mm -hmm. and you have people that would rather be watching pretentious movies and, um, (laughs) you know, going to museums or whatever. Uh Um, No, I completely agree. I very much felt that dichotomy as well. And I didn't have any friends who were into sports and I was, you know, a band geek and a a school nerd. And so it was like, well, that's what you do then. And we all hate sports and we all shun sports and we all mock the idiot jocks and like, Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, those were, those were all my friends. And then all of my family was on the other side, Mm -hmm. you know, so I, I didn't really know anybody who kind of bridged the gap there. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I had some friends whose significant others were big into sports. I should say I had some female friends whose male significant others were into sports Uh and, you know, were kind of, uh, you know, required to, to care in some capacity. Mm -hmm. Um, but, you know, there wasn't a lot of crossover. Mm-hmm. And um, so it, it, my initial, all that to say that my initial foray into liking sports <laughs> required me to eat a bit of crow, um, <laughs> you know. How did it taste? And it didn't, it didn't taste quite as bad as I thought. A little, little gamey, but not, not, it was edible, you know. Had <laughs> a little salt. Um, yep. And uh, I will say that... Uh, my family members have given me a little light razzing over it, but probably not as much as I deserved. <laughs> That's nice um, of them. Yes. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, that, that was kind of the friction upon entry into the sports world that I felt. Um, and not necessarily a, um, a gender specific, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and uh, because like, and, and this is mostly involved, you know, my family, because like I said, my friends weren't people who were, you know, cared about sports necessarily at all. Mm -hmm. Um, so this is more in relation to my family, but, um, what am I trying to say here? Um, (laughs) it was again, like a lot of them are just default football fans. Mm -hmm. And like, I wouldn't necessarily say that, um, the men in my family, um, are more invested in football than the women. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's all kind of a, a more of a school pride thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and my family specifically college football. Um, so there wasn't like a gendered sense mm-hmm. of, you know, friction of me becoming a fan. Um, and, you know, I haven't really kind of brought that outside of my family. Um, just cause, you know, it's been in the first, you know, first few years that I've, or the last few years that I've gotten into sports mm-hmm. and, um, because of various, you know, living situations, um, but there and then here, you know, I haven't really been in a group of friends that has, you know, I felt like the odd one out mm-hmm. or, um, you know, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the friends that I've made here <laughs> in California have been, uh, you know, very, very tolerant of my, my sports <laughs> tweets and my, uh, you know, it, I mean, it helped, of course, that you were kind of in the same boat that I was. Um, just kind of, you know, kind mm-hmm. of getting into this as an adult and learning how to navigate this world. Um, and I've, I've not had a lot of interaction necessarily online with other mm-hmm. sports fans, I will say. Um, I mean, part of that is, you know, I know that if I get into it, I'm not just a woman online. I am a woman online talking about sports yep. and that is going to draw a certain amount of, yeah asshattery yes to me that I don't necessarily feel like I need in my life yes you're here um so I will say I have not had too many averse experiences as a woman getting into being a fan of sports mm-hmm. um though it may be due more to my circumstances than anything else mm-hmm. I know you've had a few experiences I've had a few they haven't been they haven't it's been fewer than than you might expect and I will say I think a, a big piece of that is where we live um mm-hmm. you know we live yes. in the bay area this the games that i have gone to are a's games and warriors games um in terms of like big professional sports games um yeah and that uh you know that obviously the bay area is not immune to having assholes like people there, yes. there are jerks but these around. are games you can go to wearing a rainbow flag yeah and, you know yeah i mean the a's give out you know pride themed fanny packs and like the you know yeah it's and pride night is just not a big deal you know it's just yeah just a thing it's just a thing it's it's a much more accepting crowd i think generally mm-hmm. than many other places would have um, that said, when we went to the wild card game last fall, I did have a weird experience um, that uh, that I thought was was apropos to what we're talking about today. So I'll I'll, I'll tell this story, um, and I don't think I told it to you at the time. Um, 
but it, it was very much a sort of like a moment where I was like, okay, first of all, this is just being a woman in public, uh, which <laughs> yeah. anybody who looks female in public has had at least one experience like this. Um, and another piece of it was, I think, specific to being a female sports fan. But so, so you can tell me what you think about that. Um, so we went to this game, you and me and my partner, um, and we mm-hmm. were all there. And I went to go get, I, I, I think this was the game where I got you the novelty nachos hat. The helmet full of nachos. The helmet yes. full of nachos, which made us both very happy because I love nachos and you got a novelty helmet. And I love novelty helmets. <laughs> it was a win-win situation <laughs> for all concerned, except the nachos, which <laughs> disappeared. Um, so I'm waiting in line and it's a long line because this is, you know, a sports arena. Um, yeah. And I'm standing in line and it's very crowded and it's a long line and there's a woman in front front of me she was like the next person in front of me who was just beautiful um Mm -hmm. latina woman you know nicely done makeup nicely done hair um dressed up not like in a you know prom dress or something but like classy you know like dressed up um really stunning i am you know an aggressively average looking person, especially when I'm going to a sports game, you know, like I'm not wearing makeup. I had a baseball hat on, you know, like a sweatshirt. Yeah. Right. And I, I just, I remember I complimented her hat because she had this very like nice jaunty red hat on over her, you know, <laughs> beautifully curled dark hair. And yeah. when I complimented her on her hat, I became aware that she was Spanish speaking. She did speak some English, but not a ton, like enough to understand mm-hmm. that I was complimenting her hat. But like that was, you know, we were not going to have an in-depth conversation because my Spanish is terrible. Um, right. And so we're standing in line and the line is moving forward and the line is moving forward. And this guy, middle-aged, schlubby, white dude, uh, comes up and starts talking to her. Mm-hmm. And... She and I at this point are are very close to getting served and he comes up and he starts offering to buy her food and she, this is not her first rodeo. She's, you know, (laughs) a beautiful young woman. She, I'm sure gets this all the fucking time. Uh, So he comes up to her and he, you know, starts saying, you know, let me buy this for you. Let me buy this for you. And the cashier is getting confused. Um, You know, is this guy with you? Is this guy not? I can see she's getting uncomfortable Um, so I say something to him like, you know, she's fine. I don't think she wants you to do this. Um, and some guy further back in the line starts being like, oh, are you going to buy my food too? Like, are you going to buy us all food? Are you? (laughs) And she, I, I'm not convinced her English was good enough to really understand everything that he was saying to her. I mean, she clearly got that he was being right. skeevy because like, you don't need language right. for that. Um, so he, at this point, dude, who's trying to buy food for her and then like starts trying to buy my food because I'm interfering in his plan. Right. <laughs> He's like, well, I'll, I'll yeah. buy your food too. And I'm like, I don't want you to buy my food. <laughs> I don't need you to buy, yeah. my, buy my own fucking food. At this point, he goes back to the guy further back in line who's shouting at him. To say, like, I'm not going to buy your food. You know, who asked you, buddy? And so I turn to the woman and I say, we're friends now. I'm going to put my arm around you. And so I scoot up right next to her. I put my arm around her. We get to the cashier. I tell the cashier, 
please ring her up. Here's what I want. Ring me up. We're just going to be done. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And the middle-aged guy comes back and he starts, oh, well, she, you, she paid for her food. Well, okay, I'll buy yours. I'll buy yours. And, um, and, and at this point, like, finally, the guy who's further back in line, like, comes up and is like, fuck off, buddy. Like, this, these women don't want you bothering them. Right. And he says at that point, you don't get to cut the fucking line, go to the back. Mm-hmm. And it hadn't occurred to me until he said that, that that's probably what the guy was trying to do, was that he yeah. didn't want to wait in this entire giant line. So he thought maybe he could get, because at this point, I just thought he was just hitting on the pretty girl and then, you know, mm. was trying to buy me off, which may also have been true. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, the way that the guy further back in line recognized it made me wonder if that's a common strategy, if that's a thing that happens frequently because he certainly mm-hmm. seemed to have seen it before, you know, and given yeah. that a stadium holds, you know, what, 30, 40,000 people. Like I doubt he knew this guy in particular, right. He wasn't yeah. just recognizing Bob, the sleazy asshole who tries to cut line every Friday. Um, <laughs> so it was, you know, it was obnoxious. It's never comfortable to have some guy pushy up in your space like that. Yeah. I felt real uncomfortable for the girl because like, you know, she's at a language barrier, and also this guy won't fucking leave her alone. Um, right. And all she wanted was her food, and all I wanted was my novelty nachos. <laughs> like, <laughs> but it was that thing of, like, well, okay, you know, we were targeted because we're female, and because she's pretty, um, and, and you know, dressed also, I think, in a way that indicated she was not a casual sports fan. You know, like, she mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily somebody who would know that this was a thing, maybe? Right. Um, so, I don't know. It was weird. It was it was a weird experience, and, and I had wondered if that was a sort of standard thing that I just didn't know about because I don't go to many games. Um, or if it was just, like, this guy's just an opportunist, you know? Yeah. Have you ever seen something like that? Have you heard of things like this? I don't think so. I mean, A's stadium is kind of famously outdated at this point and yes. can't quite handle the crowds that it's very true uh, drawing at concessions. Um, so that was my first thought when you told me the story mm-hmm. um, was that it was a, a line cutting thing because those lines can get oh they're huge long yeah no, and confusing massive. yeah 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 no I hadn't I don't think I've seen anything like this mm-hmm. but I mean. I think probably both interpretations are correct mm-hmm. there, you know? Um, yeah. And, and especially maybe him, like if, if she wasn't necessarily wearing team Mm-mm-mm. merch or anything like that. You know, she was beautifully um, dressed in like a red coat and, you know, with like lovely yeah. buttons and a matching hat and, you know, yeah. But... Right. Mm-hmm. So kind of, yeah. Trying to take advantage of, of that. Yeah. Not somebody who knows. Right. You know, right to defend themselves. I can't see him trying that on clearly unaccompanied. Any guy, yes, yes. It was actually a moment where I was glad to be in the Bay Area because I was like, you know, here. Like I didn't specifically say anything about who she was to me. I was just doing solidarity, but I really could have said like, "Fuck off and leave my wife alone." Yeah, <laughs> and in the Bay Area, that would be entirely plausible. <laughs> you know? Yeah, whereas I feel like there are other places where that would not be something you would want to say. Yeah, 
and I think other places you might, well, maybe not, um, but just like the guy in the back of the line might not have said anything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just even if he thought he was cutting, like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be, you know, I don't want to be interpreted as cock blocking. Right. You know? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think that's a really good point, too. Yeah. And I will say, um, one of the best experiences I've had with sports as a woman is playing on that intramural softball team because even when some of the guys on some of the other teams have been dicks, all of my male co-workers have been consistently excellent. And like, yes, that makes it so much more enjoyable because I never have to worry. And I'll say the refs too. The, the umpires have always been really mm-hmm. supportive and really good. Um, Cause I, that's true. I, yeah. you know, know fuck all about playing softball. Well, it, less, I know a little more than fuck all now, but when I started, yes. <laughs> I was really, it was like, a, you know, fuck some, fuck some about <laughs> playing softball now. Um, but yeah, so that, I mean, I was, it was something before, before our team started, it was something I was worried about. I was like, oh, you know, like mm-hmm. I have to see these people every day at the office. Like if one of them turns out to be like a raging asshole, <laughs> I'm not going to be able right. to unknow that. <laughs> yep. But no, they have to, to, uh, to a guy been very supportive and very helpful. And the only thing they've ever gotten pissed off about was their own performances, which I always feel bad for them about. Cause like, it's fucking intramural softball guys. Like it really doesn't matter, <laughs> but, but I get it as, as a perfectionist myself, I understand. So that's been a delight. That's been a good part about being a girl in sports recently is yeah yeah so that's my story i don't know it was a weird story it was a weird experience it was yeah 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 and you know easily enough resolved but Mm -hmm. definitely definitely a thing but honestly i think there are a lot of places it would be a lot harder to be a female fan in so yes i would i would definitely say so and when we went to the Sharks game, I had a great time. Didn't feel like, you know, there was never... I guess I've been to shark a yeah. Sharks game, several A's games, a Giants game, and a couple Warriors games. And that mm. one A's wildcard game is the only time I've ever had any kind of problem. So, yeah, overall. Would you, would you go to a game by yourself? Yeah, I would. Um, I would maybe be selective about the timing of them. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, I know especially some of the Giants crowds, um, especially depending on who they're playing, like I think Giants-Dodgers games can get Yeah, scary. you would not want to go to a Giants-Dodgers game. Right, a Giants-Dodgers evening game on my own, maybe not, you know. On um, a Saturday night, yeah. Yeah, but but no, I wouldn't... I and. I wouldn't pause at going to a sports game alone. That would not be yeah. a problem for me. However, I will say, because our listeners can't see us, I'm a large human being. So I experience <laughs> less... She is a lovely Viking woman. Yeah, I, you know, I'm not quite six feet and, you know, built like a Viking as well. So I experience less of that fear than I think certain smaller people would. Um, I am mm-hmm. less likely to be targeted, and if targeted, more likely to be able to do something about it than than yeah. somebody of smaller stature. So, with that in mind. But yeah, no, I think overall it's actually a really, really reasonable place for it. Um, and even when I've gone to watch games in sports bars, which I don't do that often, but I have done for the Warriors Championship some, 
That's always been fun, right. too. I mean, I don't tend to do it a lot because it gets too loud for my tastes, but it's, you know, it's about yeah. the volume, not about the crowd, so, yeah. Well, we've talked for a bit. Did you have anything you wanted to we have. add or follow up on or mention? or? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I look forward to continuing this discussion when we have Rebecca's perspective as well. Yeah, I think Rebecca's gone to a lot more games than we have, so I'd be really interested yes. to hear her take on it as well. Yeah, and we have a lot more to talk about just in terms of like how uh, sports franchises and you know sports leagues in general have attempted to engage oh, the golly. female population. <laughs> uh, that is a, a rich mine of bullshit. Oh, uh, ain't it um, just... Yes, so we'll get uh, back to that on another episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I just realized we don't have Rebecca here to uh, tell <laughs> us where I can look we it can up, be found on I, the internet. I want to say, when sports is a thing again in real life, yes, I want to go to some... And, and we're going to have to road trip this or something because there are not... There's neither a women's soccer league team or a WNBA team here. But I was going to say, I mm-hmm. want to go to a women's team uh, live sports event and see how different the crowd is. Um, yeah, that would be really interesting. Yeah, I think it would be. So we might have to make Rebecca go to a Mystics game. Um, but then when we are all free to travel again, maybe we'll go see the yep. Sparks or the Storm or something. Yeah, and I do find it so surprising that we don't have a WNBA or I know it's women's soccer it's here. Really, they really need to get on that. Like, I'm very happy that Portland has the Thorns, but like, why does Portland have a soccer team and we don't? Like, come on, dude, that is <laughs> yeah, that is falling down on on your job there. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I want to. That's what I want to end on. When there's sports, let's go to women's sports. What do you say? When there, we yeah, we need to start making a checklist of when there are sports oh, we need to do. We do need to make that checklist. Yeah, that would be <laughs> that would be good. <laughs> All right. So uh our website is foulpuckpodcast.net. Our Twitter, which is where we're probably the most active, so like please please come tweet at us, make a request, send us a DM, uh RT, whatever you want, uh is foulpuckpod all one word, just foul puck pod. And our Instagram, as soon as it loads here, I will tell you, is foul puck podcast on Instagram. And we have been posting there. And because you're all such wonderful listeners, I will go and dig up, and because I'm packing to move, my high school yearbook and post a picture of me doing cross country on our, on our Instagram here. Oh, I think I have, uh, like, because, you know, they did for the, the neighborhood leagues a um, a photo day oh. every season, uh-huh. and, you know, because they could sell you your own trading cards. Oh. And I'm sure I, I think I, I know where one of those is. Nice. And, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You have to dig that up and post it then. You are you are obligated. You owe our listeners <laughs> this. Okay. I will do my very best. Excellent. 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 Is there any social right. media I've forgotten? I think that's I think that's most of it. Instagram, yes, Twitter, I do want, website. I do want to uh, thank Joe for doing our editing. Yes. If by chance we don't sound like idiots, it's all thanks <coughs> to her. We're gonna sound like idiots and, either way, but we'll sound like polished idiots. Damn it. Yes. Um, and uh, our music is uh, from Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. And. Uh, Unless uh, you've got anything else, Nancy, y'all. 
go ahead and wrap us up while we look forward to the day when we have new sports to talk about. But uh, until then, we will we will keep talking at you. Hell yeah, we will. We about, got a, uh, we got a whole spreadsheet to get through. Yeah, all right. <laughs> okay, we will we will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye.